Welcome back. Eight minutes past the hour here at the Faith Radio Network. The U.S. stock market is once again near record highs. How come? Bill English from BibleandBusiness.com joins us with some analysis on that. Good morning, Bill. Well, good morning, Bill. How are you today? Very good. The the stock market, (laughs) basically, I guess you could say we're kind of in bubble territory again. Uh, What's the reason for this extreme optimism? Or is it just the fact that there's nowhere else to go with your money? I think it's the latter. I think it's the fact that when you look at where you're going to make a decent return on your money, the stock market is it if you're going to be buying paper. And so uh, a lot of businesses are just uh, either buying treasuries uh, as a way to hedge against whatever the government's going to do, or they're just uh, investing in each other or in some kind of markets. A smaller investor, where else are you going to go to get 10 or 20% returns? Or 10 or 20% losses if the market well, turns around. Well, sure. There's there's always risk in everything, right? Uh, but where, if, if you want to make 10 or 15% on your money, where else are you going to go but the stock market? Mm-hmm. And yet, um, we both know, and we certainly we you know, the, the sage advice of the Warren Buffetts of the world, you don't want to be buying high. Now's not the time to be plunging all your money into the stock market. Not unless you're in it for the long term. And so, uh, you know, back in the dip of 2008, uh, a lot of people got out at the wrong time when it hit bottom. That's when they should have actually been buying more and and staying in the market. You always want to buy low and sell high, right? Uh, But uh, if you're going to be in it for the long term, there are some good deals out there to be made. And I am not an investment advisor. I'm not a stock, you know, market guy uh, advisor. But uh, from what I understand, there are some good deals to be made. Uh, and yet, challenge you on that, the, we have this thing called the, the price-to-earnings ratio, and you look at a lot of these big companies right now, and they are selling at multiples that are really outrageous, and the, yeah. the, 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 the chances of those companies doing as well as that ratio indicates are, I mean, that's pretty far-fetched. It is far-fetched, but that's a result of too much money flowing into the stock market that would have flown that would have flowed into other investment instruments had uh, the market not been distorted by the recession and then the pitiful recovery that we've had. Pitiful. <laughs> yeah, it really is. Tell it's, us how you really feel. No, well, you know when you got to have a 2% GDP growth just to break even. And by break even I mean just to stay up with population growth. And you look over the last five, six years, we've, we've been averaging right at 2 to 2.5% uh, growth. Uh, if this is a recovery, uh, then, boy, I, I, don't, I don't ever want to see another recession. And yet uh, the media certainly has been uh, reluctant to report on that. We know they uh, often uh, support President Obama's policies, and we haven't heard a lot in the media about the, the fact that the average guy, the average guy on the street right now is, in many cases, still struggling. And, and is worse. Uh, uh, the average family in the middle class today is earning about 20, I think it's $2,700 less than what they were earning when Obama took office. And yet the people who are in the upper 5% are really doing well. They've done very, very well. And the people who have done the worst, ironically, are the African-Americans in the lower socioeconomic strata. They're the ones who have done the worst under President Obama. So, you know, go figure, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's one of those things where you would have thought that he would have um, done better, uh, but he didn't. Well, and I think we've talked before about this with uh, one of our economics experts, Dr. Ann Bradley, the fact that uh, sometimes just throwing money at problems doesn't necessarily solve them. And uh, certainly from a Christian worldview uh, perspective, 
that doesn't solve them. Uh, let me ask you this. What's going to happen, Bill, uh, when rates eventually rise? Because that's going to happen. Oh, the Fed's going to be raising rates. What's going to happen to the stock market and what's going to happen to the overall economy? You know, I look at that bill. I, I probably shouldn't sit down. I'll just stay standing up here. I, you know, I, I, I look at that bill and I think um, my first gut reaction when I look at interest rates rising is what in the world is the federal government going to do with $19 trillion of debt that they're not paying much interest on right now? How are they going to service the additional interest? I don't know the answer to that. Because they, the federal government is out of money. It doesn't have any money. It doesn't have any reserves. And the only thing it can do is tax us more to pay for interest for the party that we have been throwing ourselves for the last 40 or 50 or 60 years. You know, I, I, I tell you what, we are the most self-absorbed uh, generation and the most affluent generation that this world has ever seen in any country at any time. And we are we are morally, uh, well, we, what we are doing is morally wrong because we are robbing from our children and our grandchildren and our great-grandchildren. We are taking their wealth to spend it on our programs and our supposed social needs right now. And uh, that is one of the most selfish, one of the most morally abhorrent things I can think of. And the $19 trillion in debt is going to sink this country if we don't get it figured out. And when interest rates go up, it's only going to get worse. Mm. So for the small business owner uh, right now, Bill, and because the the market is doing well and because uh, they may have a lot of cash on hand, uh, let's just talk about some of the things that – you know, Joe Smith, who has a, a small business that employs 50 people and he's cash rich right now, what should he be doing with that extra cash? That's a great question because he could invest it in the stock market. Probably most small businesses are not going to do that. Probably what they're going to do is try to increase either plant and facilities or get another product line or uh, buy another business and acquire and grow that way. They're going to invest their money someplace where they think they can get a better rate of return than just what they can get in paper instruments. And that's what I would suggest that they do. I would also suggest that they give a fair amount of it away. Uh, You know, wealth is a renewable resource. One of the four principles uh, for business is philanthropy. And so uh, uh, giving your wealth away as a business owner is God-honoring. It is something that God uh, uh, really delights in, (laughs) if I can put it that way. And uh, is something that helps the community and helps helps the poor. And so uh, I think you take some of that wealth and give it away. Mm. Our guest is uh, Bill English. He is the founder of BibleandBusiness.com. You can go there for lots of great resources for your small business and for your church as well. BibleandBusiness.com. We'll take a quick break and be right back here on Faith Radio. Good morning, 18 past the hour. It's midweek. You've got the Faith Radio Network. Bill Meyer with Bill English from BibleandBusiness.com. Bill's doing his little happy dance right now. I'm <laughs> glad to see that you're in a good mood. A little too much uh, caffeine there going Actually, on Actually, I've had no caffeine. Wow. I am internally caffeinated. That is really uh, something to watch. I wish you could have seen the video. Okay, so, Bill, before, uh, when we've had you on the program in the past, we've talked about uh, the parable of the talents in, in Luke 19. And I'm wondering, uh, given the fact that a lot of businesses and maybe a lot of churches are doing well, they've got some cash reserves right now, 
Um, what should they be doing to really, uh, you know, put that money to work for God's kingdom? Well, it's going to be different for different churches and businesses, so I'll just give some some broad principles. Number one, you just don't hoard it. I think that's the thing that, that James talks about at the end of, I think it's in chapter 4 or 5, where he talks about the rich should not hoard their wealth, they should uh, give it away. So for the small business owner, you, you reserve enough uh, so that you have met your internal goals, like you might have a 90-day cash-on-hand goal or a 60-day cash-on-hand goal or something like that. So, but after that, you give your wealth away. I, I honestly believe that that's what business—that's one of the four pro, uh, purposes of business, as we talked about on the other side of this break previously. Churches um, operate similarly in terms of cash management, I think, and so churches also should have some cash on hand. I serve on a board here in the Twin Cities of a nonprofit, and we have a hard floor of sixty days cash on hand, and if. If we get below 60 days, we implement cost-cutting measures. We never get close to zero on that. And so uh, you want to have enough cash on hand to meet your needs, but then the rest of it I think you just give away or you implement new programs or you do something to either grow the ministry or grow the business. Mm. Okay, so let's just briefly talk about these four, God's four purposes for business. You've you've mentioned this on your website, and I think for those of us uh, that either work for a small business or own a small business, it's important to really consider what, what does God want us to do as business owners? So the um, the four uh, purposes for business are uh, four P's, products, uh, passions, profits, and philanthropy. For those who are writing it down, I'll say it again, products, passions, profits, and philanthropy. So God created business to do four things, uh, to create products that enable the community, uh, products and services really, that enable the community to flourish. And then through those products and services, uh, people can express their God-given passions and develop their creativities. And uh, in current vernacular, we call that professional development, right, or, or, or those kinds of things. And we would also attach the word innovation here. People are creative, and they're always kind of figuring out new ways to do things and new ideas uh, that do things better. So uh, products and passions, and then business is also created to create profits, and this is what Luke 19 is all about. I gave you five talents, you give me ten. God gives a, God gives you two talents, you make sure he gets four. Um, and so uh, prophets are something that are a social good, they are a spiritual good, and they, they, they sustain the other three uh, purposes. They sustain the ability to keep producing products that allow the community to flourish. They sustain the ability to give employees the opportunity to unpack and and develop their creative passions and their energies. And then they also give us the opportunity to do philanthropy here. And uh, I take, um, I've mentioned this book on the air several times. Jonathan Sachs, a Hebrew rabbi uh, who wrote a book, an incredibly influential book in my life called The Dignity of Difference. And in that book, he talks about how it is a moral failure for society to have some who cannot participate in all of the community life with dignity because they're economically impoverished. And the rich are have a moral obligation to help the poor to that so that they, so that they can uh, participate in uh, community life. I've really bought into that concept. I don't think it's a government-mandated wealth transfer. I think it is something that God ignites in the hearts of those who are rich to do what is right for those who are poor. 
What you said is so critical there, Bill, because you're talking about uh, a voluntary action yes. that comes from a person's heart and goodwill, not not something that's coerced, not something that, yeah. uh, you know, the, there are those in the political left who would say that profits are a bad thing, that that making money, you know, for uh, for a big corporation, making a lot of money, well, that's, that's, that's an evil thing. You've just pointed out several reasons why it's not. Well, it's not evil. What they would say is not fair. And they would probably say that <clears throat> it may have been made on the backs of those who are being oppressed. And there is some truth to that. There are some rich people who have made their wealth oppressing other people. And I wouldn't support that, and I don't think you would either. Uh, but uh, profits um, are In and of themselves are not evil. In and of yeah. themselves are not evil when they are created in the right way. Uh, especially when when the economic transactions are always voluntary. But look, I, um, you know, forced charity is not charity. When the government takes my money and gives it to you through the force of law, and then they call that charity, no, that's not charity. That's a redistribution of wealth. And so, uh, what I support in my philanthropy uh, principle is the voluntary uh, giving uh, from the rich to the poor, because the rich are f- following God. And that's, of course, one of the things, problems we have in this country is that the rich don't follow God. Mm-hmm. However, we have to point out that Americans, by and large, are incredibly generous. That the amount of money that this yes. country gives to, to charities and to social causes uh, compared to other countries, certainly compared to Western Europe and Japan and other places, uh, we're off the charts. Yeah, we are. And we're off the charts in terms of our wealth and in terms of how expensive it is to live here, too. It's all kind of relative, I think, in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, we, we produce an awful lot of wealth in this country. And that's a good thing, not a bad thing. Mm. Bill English, BibleandBusiness.com. As always, love your insights. And I want to steer people to your website, uh, BibleandBusiness.com. Yeah, BibleandBusiness.com. And I appreciate you going there. And uh, I appreciate being on the air with you here, Bill. Oh, it's always a pleasure. Yeah, it is. So, next time, bring pancakes. Pancakes. Yeah, I love those. Do you really? <laughs> maple syrup or blueberry? Uh, maple syrup. I'll, I'll stick to the traditional. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> All right. I'm in here with pancakes. <laughs> Thanks, Bill. <laughs>